Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, your leading source of info for insights and best practices in digital health and digital transformation. Join host Patty Padmanabhan, CEO of Demo Consulting and co-author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how technology, consumerism, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with leading practitioners of healthcare and technology. Hello again, and welcome back to this episode of the Big Unlock Podcast. I'm your host, Patty, and my special guest today is Sara Waizi, Chief Digital Officer at Providence Health. Sara returns to this podcast for a couple of years now. She's been recently appointed to the role, and she talks about her new priorities at Providence Health. She talks about the increased focus on patient acquisition through marketing and through patient engagement tools, the role of identity-based marketing programs to really, really get tight with the returns on investment. She talks about the digital health innovation ecosystem, the startup funding environment, and all the tough choices that health systems are now having to go through. Without any further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. And before we start, I'd like to do a quick shout out to our sponsors and our partners, Be Well. I am thrilled to be here once again with Sara Vaizi, newly appointed as Chief Digital Officer of Providence Health. Sara, it's such a pleasure to talk to you again. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Patty. I'm so happy to be back. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's just dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your new role and uh, more importantly, your priorities. I mean, your new role is kind of like an expanded version of your earlier roles. You've just taken on a bigger uh, mandate. So I'd love to hear what that all entails right now. And also talk to us a little bit about what your immediate priorities are. Absolutely. So my role is actually in three parts. The first is chief digital officer is actually a bit of a misnomer because the first big part of the organization is marketing and digital experience. And this isn't just digital marketing and it's not just marketing of digital products. This is all organizational marketing. So really like that customer facing top of the funnel, customer acquisition, all the way through the customer funnel in terms of getting our our users to convert and acquire services from us. So all of organizational marketing and digital experience, that's our marketing platforms and analytics, our uh, regional strategy and planning around marketing, our websites, search, performance marketing, etc. And all of our e-commerce activities, both um, on our own digital properties, as well as on partner properties. So for instance, our payer partners, uh, how we syndicate content and appointments and things like that to them. So that's the first big part. The second part is product development. So we have a product development shop. We have about 80 people that are building enterprise software, primarily for health systems. And I'll tell you sort of our core thesis in terms of where they're pointed at. But really, we build customer-facing platforms that do not exist exist out in the market today and that we think are essential in terms of health systems having a role in driving the development of those platforms. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. And then the third piece is once we build, we commercialize. So that's the the sort of last part of it is strategy in terms of where we build, which goes to our um, product development team, but also taking these solutions to market, spinning them out into new companies, and then doing quite a bit of actual market development. So, you know, in many cases, like I said, we're building platforms that don't exist. In many cases, they're new categories. We just need to educate the broader market out there as to like, 
what it is, why it's important, <laughs> what we're doing, etc. So to your question around priorities, we've done all sorts of things in the past. We've looked at a pretty broad scope of customer, consumer-facing sort of solutions, whether they were sort of more growth, MarTech types of solutions, as well as things in access and convenience, things in behavioral health. We've done work in health equity. And in the last six months or so, and in particular this year, in this past quarter, we've really doubled down on just focusing all of our efforts on driving the growth value proposition for the organization, the growth imperative, really. So in most industries, and I'm not talking about modern modernizing infrastructure in these industries, I'm talking about like digital transformation from a customer-facing perspective. The primary place where digital has a real role is in generating demand, aggregating demand, and capturing demand. And that's what we're doing, right? We're driving growth for the system through customer acquisition, customer retention through engagement, and capturing LTV. So we're changing the CAC versus LTV equation for a health system, which is difficult to do. So that's where we're focused today is growth, profitable growth all day, every day. Sounds good. Sounds fantastic, actually. I just want to make a couple of quick comments. It's very interesting that uh, Providence has integrated the role of the marketing function and the patient experience function into one. And not a lot of organizations have done that, at least among your peers. Uh, the marketing continues to be separate from the patient engagement uh, function, patient experience function, if you will. All of it is about really driving more services and so on. And of course, at Providence, you have a clear separation between all the IT enablement and the infrastructure, and BJ Moore has been on this show as well. I just want to make a quick question for you. You mentioned the product management approach, and this is something I'm increasingly hearing among mm-hmm. health systems that are choosing to define the digital function in product management terms. Care to comment briefly on why that is the case? Oh, it's a good question. You know, there are a lot of different answers, but here's one answer, which is that I think infrastructure and enablement only go so far. You really have to think about the problem that you're solving for your user all up, the whole end-to-end experience. And that's what product managers do. They think about the entire problem and starting from the customer backward, hopefully. And so that's one thing. And then the other piece is in healthcare, you know, it's not... And actually, I would say in in any other industry, digital unlocks new business models. And you really have to take that product management approach in order to unlock new business models. Otherwise, you're just enabling the same kind of core business. We have a lot of that too in healthcare, of course. But unlocking the new business models, operationalizing digital in the context of new forms of access, for instance, like there's, and I think we'll get to this in a little bit, but multimodal care Mm -hmm. is not just about substituting a physical visit for a, a virtual visit. There's a lot more to it than that if you really want to solve both the consumer problem as well as the health system problem. And so that's why I would say it's becoming more and more prevalent is because you need to think beyond infrastructure and you really need to start thinking about the new business models, the new customer use cases, and sort of that more transformative piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Fascinating, actually. And thank you for using that that word unlock, because that's the whole theme behind the Big Unlock podcast. It's about the unlocking potential of the data, of the new business models, of the technology-enabled engagement with patients and so on. I think you define it really, really eloquently. Tell us a little bit about how patients of you, what are you seeing from patients 
and from your target audiences, if you will, that is driving some of your thinking today. What are some of the trends that you're seeing that uh, may be interesting to our audience? There are a lot of different things that have especially happened or accelerated over the course of the last couple of years with COVID and greater familiarity with technology in the context of of healthcare. There are a couple that I'll just talk about. I think the first, and we'll get to this in a little bit, is what I just mentioned earlier, multimodal. So just the sort of notion of getting comfortable with both physical and virtual and how they exist sort of in a hybrid environment together. And users are beginning to get more comfortable with that, but there's expectations that go along with it, which is like, for instance, the continuity of your data, the continuity of your authenticated state as a given individual and an identity that goes along with you as opposed to just these sort of one-off transactional things that may or may not have persistence across the different mechanisms by which you encounter a system. This concept of just hybrid, and I think that's been, we've seen it over the last couple of years, there's been quite a bit written about it. And I think there's going to be more and more of that in different patient segments, different use cases. And so, so I don't anticipate that trend to go away. Another piece of that is that's kind of uh, tangentially related is the concept of identity and identity-driven engagement and personalization that drives engagement. So what I mean by that is taking the classic example of like just e-commerce, your homepage on amazon.com is going to look very different from my homepage because we are different people, we have different purchasing patterns, we live in different parts of the country, you know, we're like there's so many different things and based on everything that Amazon knows about us, they are able to drive a completely different personalized experience for you versus for me. That is coming to healthcare. It's coming to healthcare in the context of how specific transactions may or may not be relevant to you. And whether it's a virtual one or a physical one, it'll become relevant to you in the context of outbound marketing. So for instance, we've gotten really good at being able to recognize through some of our marketing platforms work who is in the market for a specific service with us. And then we can do targeted outreach to them and say, hey, we've noticed that you know, you've been engaging with us around content for knee pain, for instance, or you've been searching for orthopedic surgeons, kind of how can we help you? There's like personalized, targeted marketing outreach, outbound marketing. And then the third area is just sort of around this as it relates to personalization is just engagement experiences in general that know who you are and can persist. There's a single place where all of your information goes. And it can be... It's not just health system centric, it's marketplace centric. And so we are building, for instance, a what we call a consumer identity and engagement platform based on this general trend. And identity is the cornerstone. So it knows that I am who I am. It does identity resolution, identity management, identity verification. And then that identity powers a profile of me as an individual and in a sort of single access channel can personalize the transactions that I want, that my billing experiences, my third-party apps and services that are relevant to me, and then do so on an ongoing basis, not just around an episode of care, but like between episodes of care. And this is something that we've talked about in healthcare for some time, but as we solve the identity problem, as we solve the data problem, it begins to actually become real. Let's take a quick break. And I'd like to acknowledge our partners and sponsors, Be Well. And if you like this podcast, rate us on whatever favorite podcast platform you're listening on. 
And if you're interested in listening to the archives, visit us at thebigunlock.com. With that, back to the conversation. Yeah, you mentioned e-commerce and uh, is e-commerce, uh, personal banking, securities, a lot of industries, travel, hospitality, they're all much, much further ahead. And a lot of the things that you just talked about are table states, you know, identity resolution, yeah. knowing who you are and being able to engage with you in an omni-channel, multimodal kind of way. It's all table stakes in, in these uh, industries. Uh, healthcare is certainly kind of catching up, but there are also some historical factors that go into how quickly you can transform the uh, siloed nature of data, as an example, you know, medical information, as well as uh, all the other information, you know, demographics, social uh, profiles, and so on, and also privacy concerns related to it. Can you talk a little bit about what makes healthcare difficult, maybe, and maybe just a little bit more challenging? You hit on it. I think stitching together the data at an individual level and not just clinical data, I think is one of the key challenges. So in order to be able to solve the experience fragmentation problem, you first have to solve the data problem. And so stitching that together is really difficult. And all of these data elements exist in different places. And so that marketing outreach, for instance, example that I gave you required our team to stitch together epic data, web traffic data. So it's not just like clinical stuff. It's how are they performing on our online properties? Like how are people, what are they searching for? How are they navigating their way around financial data? So there's actually, we can purchase data from other sources and then integrating them all together and then layering on top of not just the, it's not just the data itself, right? It's the models that can actually tell you, is this person in market or out of market for a specific services? So, so stitching together the data Getting the data out, it can be very difficult out of these different silos. Our infrastructure is no is no secret. Like healthcare is relatively antiquated in terms of the core infrastructure that it has. So that's one big problem. You mentioned security. We have an incredible cybersecurity team, as well as folks from cross-industry, you know, from e-commerce and other places that have done this in the past, this kind of work. And so we're very fortunate that we're we're ahead. But in many cases, like that is a big barrier where, where security issues can actually hamper the ability to make make progress around these kinds of things. Yeah. So I think it's kind of the stuff that we all know, data fragmentation. The one other thing I'll say is it's not just the fragmentation on the technology side of things. How it translates into operationalized sort of in where care is delivered, that's still a challenge for us, right? And especially nowadays with, a you know, the worsening workforce crisis and, so much burden expect you know placed on caregivers. It's just it's really tough to actually operationalize some of these things in the context of where care is delivered. And so that's not really a digital problem to solve, with some exceptions. So for instance, we are working on um, sort of decision support and almost like customer service like self-service use cases for something that we're building called a conversational and navigation platform, which is in one place it surfaces up as our our chatbot. In some places, the chatbot can be focused on all sorts of different problems like symptom checking, differential diagnosis, or very basic like reset my password kind of, you know, administrative use cases. 
what we're working on is what the inbox management problem for our caregivers and in inbox management, you can tackle it at many different places where those pain points occur. And um, there's a lot of work being dedicated to like sort of once a message is generated, triaging it and having different roles on a care team, tackle different problems or different, you know, types of messages. What we're working on is way upstream of that, which is to say, why are those messages being generated in the first place? And how can we provide our customers, our users with tools and content to prevent them from being generated, to prevent those messages from being generated in the first place or some proportion of them? And so there are ways to tackle that sort of in-person experience or the stuff that gets generated around a specific encounter as well. But there's a tremendous amount of data that's required in order to be able to do that. So then we get kind of come full circle yeah. and go back to the data yeah. problem. Well, we talked a lot about access. You know, let's talk a little bit about the care delivery. I think you touched very briefly upon it with care becoming virtual or some kind of a hybrid uh, model where they're getting some some parts of their care at home. You know, They may come into the clinic for something and go back. But you want to maintain some continuity in the care pathways and in the care modalities, but also in the communication process. So you're not asking them for the same things over and over again, you're authenticating them, et cetera. How much of this has, you know, at Providence, how much of this have you sort of implemented? I try to find analogies in other industries. Retail, for instance, you know, buy online, pay in store. It's kind of been there for a while now, Bocus, as they call it. Healthcare seems to be a good candidate for that kind of a model where you're able to flip back and forth between, you know, online or remote virtual care models and in-person care. And the tech is there, but the seamlessness of the experience is lacking. So can you talk a little bit about some successes that you may have had uh, that that our audience could learn from? I will say this. We're at the very beginning stages of this journey. And so the cornerstone of this is identity. You have to have identity that transcends beyond the clinical system of record because not all of this sits within the system of record. And so if you're seeding your identity to just the EMR That's the first challenge that needs to be overcome. So there's that piece of it. And we have a simple patient identity platform that we built that we've got now over 4 million accounts on this uh, platform. And it does all of this resolution for us, you know, in terms of pulling the identity out, doing all the things that we talked about around IAM and verification and so on. But it also does identity federation. So it can do federation to third parties and to services outside of the, outside of the system of record. That's like kind of one very core element in terms of being able to do this more broadly. And so I think that's the first key. The second is starting to then think about how customers across both physical and virtual actually go through a funnel and how they convert into buying a service. And so through a combination of our product development, as well as our digital experience teams, we incubated a technology called DexCare, which we spun out last year. And that does three things with identity sort of at the root of it as well. And they've got their own um, SSO platform, which is... First is around that whole demand aggregation piece. So this is like ensuring that your services are discoverable to a user and those services could be physical or they could be virtual, right? You don't want to like artificially silo them and put people down one specific path without giving them the options that are most relevant to them. 
The second is then navigating folks to what is most appropriate based on their intent and motivation, the clinical appropriateness, as well as like operationally how the delivery system is structured. And then the third piece is matching the supply to demand. So, and this becomes very interesting in a hybrid environment, right? Because in a hybrid environment, it's not just it's available or it's not available. There's different types of services. When you start going into a a virtual modalities, it could be synchronous or asynchronous. It could be video or it could be chat-based, you know? So it really like the complexity really increases from there. So with identity, first to understand who the user is, to be able to do the navigation, to surface up the options that are relevant to them and then to convert them into a service by matching supply to demand. That's another way by which, you know, we've actually done this work and operationalized it and I've seen really tremendous results like 30% of the patients that come in through this digitally enabled channel for us are new to the system 80% of them are commercially insured they stay with us so we do actually have relationships with them and it generates downstream revenue for us as well so it's not just a one off yeah fascinating stuff let's switch gears and talk about the technology enablement you know a lot of it i know you know dexcare and a couple other companies like that you've spun out from within providence so there's all innovation that happened inside providence and now you've seen a commercial opportunity you've spun it off zelt is one of them dexcare is another but you're also harnessing innovation from the marketplace and the digital health innovation ecosystem is going through a little bit of a moment right now. So I'd love to hear your thoughts <laughs> on what you see happening to these thousands of digital health startups who between them have thousands of solutions. They're all good. Uh, they're all very smart people. They've all raised some money. But now we are seeing a slight change in the funding environment and that could uh, mean uh, trouble for some. What are your thoughts on what's going on? It's definitely going to mean trouble for some and potentially many. You know, I think we've gone through a an exciting but relatively undisciplined period. <laughs> and now that the financial tides are turning, we are going to have to become disciplined out of necessity. The financial state and financial health of buyers, often health systems, is not good right now. And so... Yeah. We're, as we think about solutions to engage with, getting value for those solutions, demonstrated value is going to be absolutely the top priority, right? So demonstrated ROI, not sort of vague, fancy hand-waving and you know unjustifiable multiples. So I think it's all going to be about demonstrating value. And we're doing quite a bit of work actually to even enhance the work that we do. So we do have like operational metrics, for instance, that we're on the hook for, but we're getting crisper about our return on digital investment as a system. And so, so I think that's going to be like the number one kind of change is like, can you actually return something to the buyers in the form of some sort of demonstrated value. The other thing is like often in these types of environments, like this happened and it's happened in multiple cycles. It happened in the great recession in 2008, nine, it happened in the dot-com boom. Cash is always King. And so hopefully cash is a proxy for value. And like, presumably if you have cash, you probably have something good to sell to the market. So I hope that that's the case and that, Ultimately, with this calling that will happen, we'll end up with solutions that are really meaningfully like yeah. moving the needle for us. Well, cash is king, and it's even better if cash is internally accrued through business as opposed to That's right. investor funding. Uh, but yeah, all the talk is about how much runway you have, You know, how long can you make it stretch? 
you know, I'm going to have the next round for a while and so on and so forth. Have you had to make difficult decisions with uh, your portfolio of startups? You don't have to name anyone, but have you had to really look hard at someone and say, you know what, it's not working? In our system, we are actively going through those discussions right now. And I suspect every single health system in the country is going through that. And even for our internally led efforts, we're looking and saying, do we really need to do this or not? Is this that important? Is it that foundational? And the answer is generally speaking, yes, because you know we've done the homework to say that this platform does not exist. And it's important enough from a kind of differentiation perspective that we absolutely need to build it. But we're going to have to keep coming back to that. It is like coming back to that and ensuring that our efforts are well aligned and well coordinated across the system. You know, it's like we're in a position where we have to be extremely good stewards of our resources and any sort of like just messing around is just like unforgivable at this point. Just to stay on that for one more minute, does this mean that um, there's a flight towards uh, safety? In other words, go to your EHR, go to your enterprise class uh, technology vendors who have deep pockets, who can ride out any cycle because they've got all this cash that they're sitting on. So is there a flight towards safety that you're seeing? There's always that. And now it continues to be a theme. And that's why we're just getting, we're going back to first principles and really just saying like where it's only absolutely essential. And the definition of absolutely essential may change. That's not something that I think is, is not a foregone conclusion that these things are absolutely essential at this stage. And depending on how performance improves over the coming quarters, that definition may change. And we're prepared for that. We're coming up to the end of our time here. What do you see as a macro outlook for the next, uh, let's say, 12 months or so? And what are you preparing for within? What kind of scenarios are you playing out, especially as it relates to digital health investments, uh, continued investment in digital health programs or digital health startups or even your own innovation programs? What does the macro outlook tell you? Similar to what we're seeing in the sort of venture-backed market, it's going to be focus, all on focus. And I suspect that the focus is going to be, you know, there's a lot of dabbling in digital health and I would say digital, digital health, tech-enabled services, there's dabbling going on everywhere. And I think those days are over. And so everyone is going to be forced to get more disciplined and expectations, I think, are going to increase around like the value that's generated by uh, new business models or digital or what have you. And so I think, you know, we're going to see, we're probably going to see a lot of innovation efforts go away because they've been more nice to have than essential, or they just weren't able to articulate their value prop. And they may have been extremely valuable and they just weren't able to communicate it or quantify it. And so I think, you know, my, This is not to say I'm pessimistic. I just think it will be a really tough time. Health systems are going through a turning point. It's a needed, it's an absolutely needed turning point in how we how we do our business, how we serve our customers, and how we're sort of structured in order to do so. We're all gonna get leaner and meaner. And that's good. That's good for affordability. It's good, you know, from a macro perspective, it's good. It's just going to be it, it's gonna be a tough. Yeah, boy, what a difference a year makes uh, just a year ago. Yeah, I'm afraid we only have to leave it there today, but I would love to have you back here maybe six months from now and talk about what's 
going to unfold over the next few months or so. But as always, you know, Providence has been at the, the leading edge of innovation and the leading edge of market trends and so on. I'm sure we are all going to be looking to Providence and take our cues in terms of what's coming next. So with that, uh, we're going to have to leave it there today. Sarah, as always, a fascinating conversation. I can go on for hours, but uh, we'll call it a day for today. Sounds good. Hopefully we'll live to fight another day. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Once again, I'd like to thank our partners, BeWell, for their sponsorship and their support. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We invite you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Healthcare Digital Transformation Leader. Write to us at info at with your feedback and questions. 